When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Tunes and Tumblers fam. Before we get to the show today, we actually have something we've never done before. We have a, uh, a new sponsor daddy that we need to promote. Um, it, it, was a, it was a hard uh, thought war, but we decided that we needed to start doing ads now. Because Why was that, Ryan? Why, why do we need to do ads? The biggest thing is that we've been trying to save up for a, um, a Greyhound bus ticket for Drew to go find his cockatoo that he left behind at a station in um, Paris, Texas. So the way you can help us out and help Drew get back his, his beloved cockatoo <laughs> is <laughs> by checking out Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the way that we distribute our podcasts, and it's the easiest way to make one. Uh, Pedro, what is great about Anchor? Oh my god, what's not great about Anchor? It's free. You have no excuses. It is free. I don't care what your financial status is. It is free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer in case, you know, you suck at editing or maybe you've had a few too many drinks and you need some help. They can do it for you. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You just sit back and it will throw it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms and the best part is you can make money with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need in one place. If it's your first time and you want to get into the podcast game, this is how you do it. Yeah, so download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Please, please, this Greyhound bus ticket will not buy itself. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than just an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and I write a column for Atwood Magazine every other week of the same name, but I quickly found that drinking alone is a sad, sad miserable business. So I invited a couple of friends into the recording booth to help me make drinks and discuss the music we love, and here they are. I am Ryan, the music connoisseur and auditory snorkeler. <laughs> well done. I'm Pedro, your mixologist. <laughs> way, to, way to steal the show already, Ryan. Nah. I was really wondering when you would come up with something new. <laughs> it'll, change, it'll keep changing. We still got to set that up on our Patreon that doesn't exist. <laughs> Our guest is the co-owner of Young Bloods, a record label operating in New York City and L.A. He's also a late-night DJ at KCRW here in Los Angeles and Resonance Extra in London. Plus, his record collection is more dope than yours. Please welcome to the pod, John Moses. Guys, thanks for having me. What a, what a comfortable setting this is. <laughs> we aim to please at Shea Uncle. <laughs> the Pork Palace. <laughs> Comfort is our priority. <laughs> 
Um, oh, yeah, thanks for being here, my friend. Yeah, and we're That's talking good. about uh, one of your artist's new albums on the show today, isn't that right? Yeah, we're talking about uh, Bradford Reads. It will be a new record by the time this comes out, right? Yeah, it's not out yet, but by the time this gets released to the public at large, it will be out. This podcast defies time. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we, we jump all over the place. You never know what time it is. <laughs> time Lord Science. <laughs> Well, anyway, thank you guys for being here. It's been a couple of weeks. Lord knows we've been listening to a lot on Spotify. Jesus is King just dropped. So I'm saying right now that none of you are allowed to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I could say the words. (laughs) I think that Ryan's review just now and all one syllable of it is perfect. Tweet it. Tweet it now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We gave Ryan the password to the Tunes and Tumblers Twitter, and we're still waiting for the other foot to drop here. I just wrote my review in the inside of the porta potty at the uh, Santa Clarita um, construction site. Uh, There's actually clues all over town to find your way there. (laughs) Which is more time than you will spend listening to that album. Anyway, enough of dragging Kanye. So what have you guys been listening to over the past week? And don't forget, we have a minute timer now, so you can't rattle on and on about whatever like chill wave band that you've been listening to <laughs> mm, who needed to hear that the most <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> just kidding just kidding it's good we, we spent two thousand dollars on this hourglass mm-hmm. from a from a an unnamed uh um duke <laughs> yeah it's weird how expensive it is City. when you don't get like the whole board game that comes with it <laughs> Well, I can start. I mean, unless you want to, I think it sounded no, like you had a thing. I have the CD right here. I got this over at uh, the the Amoeba Music. Go ahead and turn that sucker. So this is a, a sludge metal album, sludge metal funk album by Spec Rejek. It's a Harvester compilation that he put out. You guys can see this great art. And it's sludge metal, funk, and it's disgusting and every way, shape, or form. The art, the music, uh, everything about it. But it yeah, ripped, wearing, like, it ripped impeccably to my iTunes. Grace Note <laughs> got it perfectly, which I wasn't expecting. Oh, oh man, wow. that is a look. And, I'm uh, going to post the album art on the, um, on the article so people can enjoy the heck out of this. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, I, I recommend it. I, I honestly just recommend going to any section at Amoeba, and if the staff likes something, just buy it. Don't even think. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're not going to be there for much longer. No. So that's what I'm listening to. So Beautiful. Dope. We still have time. Who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go. So today I've been listening to uh, an album from earlier in the year, uh, Outer Peace by Toro Imoa. Oh, um, I, I just love the album. Um, mostly one song I've had on constant repeat is Freelance, which is like a dope mm. little, it's electronic, it's funky, groovy, poppy tune. Really, it just made me feel good because Mondays kind of suck. So it definitely, uh, it definitely brought me up a little bit. So yeah, I've just been jamming out to that in my car all day and um, it's been great. Car? I suggest it. Wow. Humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think I did that in like 30 seconds. Beautiful. Amazing. Maybe we should lower the time limit. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. So I've been listening to this new artist named San... F- let me start that again. I'm listening to this new artist named Sam Fender. He is an English singer-songwriter. Very young and kind of doing like... The best way I can describe it is like 
Bruce Springsteen meets like indie rock. It's very melodic. Mm. He he has like these born to run chimes like in his songs. And he's got this one song called uh, Will We Talk? Um, and it's just like a song about a one night stand, but it's like the most gorgeously composed song. Like I'm running on the treadmill. I'm openly weeping. It's it's great. I recommend that one. You're openly weeping? Yeah, people are coming up and asking me what's wrong, and I'm just like, why are you talking to me at the gym? (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I've been listening to. Wow. Damn, thank you for opening up. (laughs) You're welcome. This is mostly my therapy, because my therapist keeps postponing our session. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta get another therapist for this therapist, it sounds like. I'm just like really busy right now, and like I just don't have the time, and you deserve someone who has the time. (laughs) This is what an HMO will get you guys. (laughs) You can't say that. What about you, John? What do you got? Uh, I've been listening to uh, this guy, Joel Kynan, who is based out of San Diego. He's the brother of Waves, if you know. Um, oh, yeah, Waves. sure. Yeah, the landlord. Uh, played in the band TV Girl. He also collaborates with his brother uh, in a band called Sweet Valley. He just has a record that came out called Chamber of Eyes. And it's sort of Prince meets bedroom pop. Um, oh. And he has a single that came out I really like this year that's not on that particular EP. Uh, but the whole video, it's called Paradise, and it's him rubbing... It's him in a pool drinking beers and rubbing various sauces on him. I guess the idea being wow. that's his um, conception of paradise. Is, uh, is he watching me on wow. the weekends? I was going to say, we, ha- we have that in common. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's inching towards a copyright uh, <laughs> lawsuit. <laughs> What's his name one more time? Joel Kynan. Joel Kynan. K- hey. uh, K-Y-N-A-N. Joel Kynan. And you said he was involved with TV Girl? I think at one point, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's a pod favorite well, right there. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right. Well, as you say, Prince meets bedroom pop. I already considered Prince bedroom pop. I need to hear this (laughs) in the purest sense of the word. Yeah, in the most literal sense. Well, I think we've been chatting outside for long enough. So, John, if you don't already know, Tunes and Tumblers is a bar, or we like to pretend it's a bar. It's our bar. It is the Pork Palace. It's um, (laughs) got this neon sign where only about a third of the lights are still on. (laughs) But you know what? It's our bar, and we like going there, and no one can tell us differently. But we need to get in the bar. And in order to do that, we need to show the bouncer your ID. Did you bring one for us today? Yeah, guys, I understand uh, rules are rules, and (laughs) I brought what I could because obviously I've lost my California state identification. But so first, I wanted to bring one item that shows that I'm on the grid. So this is a recommendation from Amazon that they sent me. And uh, they they said, hello, John, we found something you, we think you might like. And it is uh, the classic children's novel, uh, Strega Nona. Are you guys familiar with it? Yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's about an old woman with a giant caboose who can't stop making pasta. <laughs> by by um, Beatrix Potter. <laughs> and it just as a backup, I have my uh, Hilton, what is this, honors. Uh, card. Uh, wow. And I'm a blue member. I don't know what that gets me, but it, perhaps it gets me in this right, Hold on, you got to pass this around. Show the, rest of the, uh, show the rest of the class. Wow, look at the, the Hilton. Oh my gosh. Wow. Are you, are you more of a, a Marriott man? I'm a La Quinta man, thank you. 
Wow, this is incredible. Yeah. Ryan just and says yet, things can... that are purely like the city of Van Nuys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. The yeah, Van Nuys guy. This is the this is oh wow, the USA official sponsor. So this was of a time. Yeah. <laughs> the Olympics weren't always around. <laughs> Well, this is gorgeous, and wow, I'm starting amazing. to think that Gerald will just take anything. Um, he, so we're, we're he, good. He actually yeah. looks okay. impressed. I've never seen him. <laughs> I think he's just getting a collection of people's things. Which is... <laughs> this is so funny. This is so good. I've never, seen, to, I've never that, seen him shake a guest's real, hand before. That's brilliant. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have to post this Amazon recommendation. Dude, that is so funny. Dude, it's, it's so I do you ordered, order books a lot or what? Not books, but so much pasta in bulk. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. You'd enjoy this story. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what will become of you if you keep buying pasta. <laughs> you will become Stregonona. Yeah, I basically am at this point. <laughs> well, welcome to our bar. Thank you. Um, like I said, it's a little dingy, but you know, let's get comfortable. Let's pull up the sofa that needs to be reupholstered. Also, why is there a sofa in this bar? <laughs> I didn't drag that in. <laughs> so tell us what we're listening to today. Do you want to take it away, Ryan? I, I guess I could, but maybe we should let John do it. I mean, he's the one who, you know... Uh, is putting the dang thing out. That's um, right, yeah. So, yeah, tell us about Brett, this Bradford Reed album. So, That's... the album is called What's Good for the Goose is Good, and it was recorded, I think, over a period of one or two years, uh, improvisational sessions. It's avant jazz, which I realize is sort of different for this podcast, so I, I appreciate uh, you guys enjoying the record and being willing to talk about it, but it focuses on uh, Bradford's instrument, the Pensalina, which is something he invented yes. himself uh, years ago. He's known for his street performances in the 90s and 2000s and bringing this Pensalina on the streets and weirding people out um, with this contraption. But it, it focuses on the Pensalina and how it relates to more of a traditional jazz ensemble. So you have... Uh, folks on the saxophone, guitar, piano, synthesizers, um, a lot of sort of famed experimental instrument instrumentalists uh, in New York joining him on this record. And it's just interesting to hear that balance between um, his creation and maybe what you'd hear on a normal jazz record. Right. So where does that, the Pensalina, so that, does that come because he used to, when he, when he first invented it, he'd play it with pencils. Is that the origin behind the name of the instrument? That's exactly it. Okay. <laughs> I thought, well, I saw that somewhere, but I didn't know if that was like a joke. Or, yeah, it is. Yeah. I running this label. So young blood that's run out of New York, uh, where my friend Nick Conklin, uh, operates and here in LA where I live, um, Bradford lives in New York. So I have yet to actually see the Pensalina in person. I've only seen videos of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you watch those early videos, he's banging on this thing with pencils. It's, I guess we should probably describe what it looks like. Yeah. Have, did you guys watch? Did you, did you see any of the I footage saw some of pictures this thing? Of it. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I saw any footage though. It's, it's, um, there's a couple videos like from back in the day, but like, um, it's hard to know where to start with it. I mean, it's basically like two, I mean, you might be able to describe it, yeah, it, it pretty looks, well, but I mean, it's like, I guess laid out sort of like a slide guitar would be right. Uh, right. And sure. then you have these two, it looks like two Frankenstein guitar necks <laughs> yeah. and there's some sort of electrical 
inputs um, so you can amplify the sound. And he's able to get... I mean, again, he can play something that sounds more like a jazz record. It can have this sort of Eastern twang to mm-hmm. it. Um, but I've also... There's videos of him just playing full-out rock songs, splitting his hands between the drums and this pencilina to sound more like a guitar. So it's a really versatile instrument. Because yeah. there's, there's bells on it, too. He's there's got bells, the bells, yeah. and you can hit anything, and every vibration relates to the other. So you never really know. I mean, it, it's like... It almost seems like... And he's constantly updating it and changing it. Like the instrument in itself is like a, like um, uh, almost improvisational in and of itself, right? Yeah, like he's for constantly sure. updating it, and like it can constantly, yeah. And so it's wild. Like it's hard to imagine being a musician playing with that, which is why the record's so cool. Yeah, you I can mean, see. I mean, it's yeah. just it's interesting. Not only that he's created this instrument, but he's also mastered as as well. And I mean, per I think. Uh, the music on this particular record and sort of his statement with the record, it seems like he's sort of mastering this thing in perpetuity. Yeah. Um, well, that's very cool. But I think that we need something to go along with this. Something maybe a little bit outside the box. Something avant-garde in itself. It's a lot to live up to, to be sure. But I think I can try, for sure. Um, so when me and John were discussing you know, this album, and we did discuss you know, the instrument, and it's all um, very jazzy, for sure. Like very, um, Everything's playing off one another. Sometimes it's a lot of noise, but even then it makes sense. Um, and I, I told you, you know, when I listened to it, I, I sort of got the feeling of being in like a cold, lush, green forest, you know, with all this weather coming in and out, you know, fog and, and you were like, yeah, that's totally it, you know, and like you, you brought in this idea of like a stormy drink, which I really liked. I thought that was a really cool idea. So I tried to capture a little bit of all that. You also said you liked whiskey, so it was a good place to start. Um, so I tried to capture all that in this drink. And so what I've done is, um, I wanted to stick with whiskey and green being the main themes here. So I've got some Irish whiskey because green. Um, And then I got a liqueur called chartreuse, which is a liqueur that is really um, herbaceous. It's um, aged with like, I think it's like 130 like plants, herbs, things like that, like all just sort of organic material that gives it a really like really intense flavor. It's sweet. At the same time, it can be pungent and spicy and it's very aromatic. So you don't have to use a lot of it, but it definitely brought in the um, sort of the nature component to it all. Um, Something very fresh. Um, So that with some whiskey and then um, just added some mineral water to it to just sort of calm it all down a little bit. Um, And then I wanted it to have, I wanted the drink to have some sort of like a, like a cloudy, like you said, stormy component to it. And so what I did was to even make it more green, um, I found what's called, um, pearl dust and you can find it and you can find it at any like craft store or like place that sells any sort of baking things. Um, so it's pearl dust and I promise you it's completely edible. Like you're not going to die. so I got green pearl dust and it has this sheen to it and it gives the drink this like cloudy nebulous effect. (laughs) 
I thought um, you were putting glitter in the cocktail, honestly. I mean, it kind of is, but you can eat it. Mm. <laughs> so it gives it sort of that stormy look. And then I really wanted the fog. I wanted the fog so bad because it was it just, I, I was like, it has to have it. So we're also putting dry ice in the drink and we're keeping it safe. We're putting it in these little um, encapsulated like stirs so that it doesn't touch your lips or anything. And it just, I mean, it'll bubble over with fog. And so it's got sort of the storm going on in the drink. It's green, it's fresh, and then it's got the fog rolling in and out on top of it. Um, so just trying to get all those ideas that uh, came from the album in there. And it just so happens that at time of recording, it's the week of Halloween. So it looks on point for the week, yeah. um, which wasn't really like intentional, but it just sort of worked out that way. Very aesthetic. Yeah. So we have these beautiful looking drinks in front of us. But what I do you call it? Add. Oh, oh yeah. we're calling it uh, the it's I named it after the instrument. Uh, this the, is the, the Pensalina. Pensalina. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we should uh, give Bradford the recipe. Yeah, we'll I'll, yeah, I'll be sure will. to send it to him. No, All right. This is awesome. He'll be Let's... like, I don't drink. Thanks, <laughs> though. <laughs> the Pensalina Penicillin. <laughs> Pensalina Penicillin. So, Ooh, look at added the dry ice, and it gives it this cool bubbling sound. And the bubbles sort of churn the drink and give it it sort of makes it look all cloudy and stormy on the inside um so yeah this is your pensalina (laughs) love it wow (laughs) cheers guys cheers cheers Cheers. i can't reach (laughs) somebody delayed cheers okay today we're just a gentleman's (laughs) nod from across the table wow Mm. So this is a very interesting episode for us. I mean, we're used to working within, like, the pop sphere. Um, this is our first uh, foray outside of our comfort zone. And I have to say I like what um, we're, we're kind of doing out here. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your backstory before we got into uh, Bradford and what's good for the goose. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Young Bloods? Like, how did you start this record label? Sure, yeah. So I know my label partner, Nick, just from our college days. We used to DJ the same radio station, WRUV. And we DJ out all the time. Uh, we both had a love for electronic music, and we sort of fed off of each other in that sense. Uh, Nick moved to New York after college. I went to grad school. Um, but we were looking for a way to stay in touch and kind of keep up that relationship within music. And so we decided to start a record label. Nick used to work at uh, Kumbancha Records, which is a big world music label, oddly enough, based in Charlotte, Vermont, which is where I grew up. It's a very small town. Um, and so he kind of knew what he was doing. And I was learning about the music business. I would follow suit and try to chip in where I could a lot of the times uh, as sort of manifested itself um, with drafting contracts and trying to set us up in the licensing world. Um, and our catalog has sort of bloomed in a beautiful way. I think at its most basic level, it's headphone music of all shapes and sizes, but uh, it, it really is sort of like a, Congress defining porn. It's if we like it, 
we we notice it. That we, <laughs> yeah. um, there, there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, we put out hip hop records. We put out jazzy records like "What's Good for the Goose" is good. We put out slightly more dancey records. Uh, sort of it runs the spectrum, but I do feel like there's this ethereal umbrella it all falls under. Is that what you're looking for when you go out searching for young bloods artists? It, not even necessarily. It's just. I, I think going out and trying to find something you like. And I, I mean, a lot of the times it, you know, as you build your catalog, your network grows in the sense that, um, you know, you sign one artist or you do a record with one artist and they say, oh, hey, I've got a friend whose music you should really check out and sort of blossoms in a really organic way in that sense. Um, but then sometimes, you know, especially in Bradford's case, like he he did some of the music for... Uh, the Adult Swim show Super Jail. Oh, um, wow. Oh, yeah. My girlfriend and I would watch that all the time. And, you know, the first time we saw that, uh, for, I guess, listeners who haven't seen the show before, it's almost... <laughs> I, Ryan, you've seen it? Yeah. Yeah, visually, I guess tonally it is... Um, Willy Wonka meets like schoolhouse rock meets yellow summer. I mean, it's very uh, psychedelic. Yes. So anarchic um, too. On its yeah. face. Yeah. And then at the very end, the credits hit. They're black. Uh, and this aggressive, it almost sounded like somebody throwing a metal like trash can down some stairs. It just hit me so hard. I was like, what the <laughs> hell is this? This is amazing. Um, and it ended up being one of Bradford's uh, pieces. And I looked him up online. I saw the videos of him playing the Pensalina. And I had kind of a, an email open for the longest time being like, ah, I really want to reach out to this guy. And, you know, finally you do. And you start a conversation. You, you know, harbor some sort of mutual appreciation of one another. And it turns into a a record so it can happen a number of different ways but it does feel like kind of fandom is the base of that i think that's a really cool way to approach it i always think like especially nowadays where um uh everything is so curated around what it is that you like like everyone has a brand essentially and the brand extends to your taste in music and it's it's very interesting that you've been able to make that into a career um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's been fun. Like, sometimes running a label completely sucks, and sometimes it's really great. <laughs> and, like, both those low peaks and high peaks are uh, equally satisfying at times. Yeah, well, very cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about this record, guys. Mm -hmm. um, I remember not knowing what to expect. Ryan was just like, I got one for us. It's a little bit of a weird one. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> um but what struck me immediately is how atmospheric it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't usually listen to music that is just mood, like 100% mood. Um, I, I want to... Uh, I want to open it up to like, what, what did you guys picture when you listened to this? Like what came up for you throwing this record on? Hmm. Oh boy. A lot of I, I mean, I've already kind of talked about it. Yeah. Um, with the drink. It, it was just that I felt like I was lost in this huge forest lost, but like not afraid of that at all. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, there, there was a lot of times where it felt like there was a lot of chaos and a lot of like, um, just, just, like bubbling emotions at a lot of times it was calm and just like very i don't know it was relaxing at times it, it was a lot of different things and it just felt like um 
it, it, it felt like it was every song was just sort of like finding its way to the end, like from beginning to end, which was really interesting to listen to. Um, it didn't feel like there was a like it, it, it didn't feel like it started with any goal in mind. It just went, and when it found it, it found it. Improvisational, yeah. um, right? Yeah, I loved, I loved that. I loved that feeling when I was listening to it, and uh, like you were saying, it's all mood. Like Ryan was asking me, he's like, "Hey, so like, what do you think about doing this album?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" He's like, "What do you think about it as far as like making a drink?" I'm like, "That's perfect." I'm like, "That's all I try to do with all of them." I'm like, "This album is like ambient music is nothing but mood." I was like, "That's." perfect yeah I, I i think that's an interesting point and it's something i wanted to talk about when i listened to this record i experienced the closest thing i could think to synesthesia um, yes which is like you know tasting or hearing colors and um like i would just feel like this is orange this is blue and it's really cool that you were able to manifest that with the drink like you, it, it kind of just exercised into a visual and tasting medium right um and I think that's what's so interesting about jazz. And I, I don't know why there's this meme that jazz is bad. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> jazz is so rich. Yeah. Like, uh, what about you, who, Ryan? Who, 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 does, who does that meme? Jazz is bad. I mean, you got to just show them Cowboy Bebop, these internet people. <laughs> show them Cowboy Bebop, give them the jazz soundtrack. There won't be any more jazz is bad memes. <laughs> the, the White House Guaranteed. is just cranking out these memes. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> you, know who was, you know who didn't like jazz? Henry Ford. That's true. Do you know about that history? No. I want to hear this history. Oh, boy. This might be a different pod. <laughs> just type in, you know, go in and, and crank up your search engine and uh, go, go to bing.com, <laughs> altavista.com. Throw and, some coal in the furnace, get the internet going. <laughs> and, you know, um, yeah, type in like uh, Henry Ford Jazz uh, Square Dance. And you will find out why schools in California still do square dancing. You know, he was not a fan of jazz. So maybe the Square Dance Society from Henry Ford is cranking out these memes. Something to look into. <laughs> you know. Some Illuminati shit. But uh, each thing, or uh, sorry. No, yeah, I was going to just cue you in to like. You're going you're gonna to bring me back, yeah. <laughs> back, <laughs> back to Earth. I <laughs> back to Earth. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, no, but let's see. I mean, each thing kind of did a different thing for me, I feel like. I mean, for. Um, uh, the waves of wind through tops of trees, um, which, by the way, before I get into, it, I think the like the titles are so key in this. Yeah, and some people don't. Some people that it's not a thing to them. Like titles don't matter. I think they're hugely important, especially with ambient albums. Yeah, like it's hard for me to get excited or like get engaged with something that's just like untitled one through twenty. But like these titles are so good. I mean, I just spent like fifteen minutes just reading the titles and already had already went somewhere with the titles so like what was that with the clouds when the um oh uh, clouds cuts fathers i mean that mm -hmm. it already evokes so much with that the business of leaves and streams yeah it's it, good. It's so evocative. It's a good prompt, I think. Yeah, exactly. And it almost, I mean, you could probably speak to this better than us, John, but it almost feels like these were kind of themes that they, like, like you know, you, you just kind of like put a sticker on something at the end so you can kind of remember, like, this is what this session was all about. It's less idea and mm -hmm. then song, more like song and then idea. Yeah. Hard, hard to know. That. Bradford probably could speak. Well, I, I, mean, mean, you know, I mean, maybe you can expand. I mean, did that, when how did we that... talk about marketing the record, um, that that's definitely a conversation we have. And I know some of these song titles definitely have more personal stories attached to them. Uh, clouds, one's father's being one of them. Some of them, I think 
uh, you know, maybe there's not as much of a rhyme or reason to it, but um, absolutely, they definitely kind of tell a story in themselves uh, before pressing play. Absolutely. I mean, that the beauty of it is it also, as much as it can guide you, it also... I didn't feel I felt really free listening to it. Like I didn't feel like I was being pushed anywhere too, even though the titles are somewhat specific. You know, like birds of pairs of dice, birds of pairs of dice. Yeah. That was a good one. I think I just yeah. I think I just got it. Say yeah. it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> no. it out loud. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> Where are you gonna go now? So, well, this changes everything. Uh, no, but that that one was really interesting though. That one almost felt like um, uh, it had like hints of exotica in it. Yeah, like a little loungy, like kind of, um, kind of those weirder space lounge exotica records, like well, a mescaline fueled bachelor pad. I think that I mean that's one thing that really drew Nick and I to this particular set of music by Bradford. I mean, we went through a lot of different side projects and unreleased records, and this one jumped out as being so many things wrapped into one. I think uh, you know at points it's really minimal. It's really lush at some points and dense uh it's not quite jazz but it also isn't not jazz i mean it it touches a lot of uh points for us um just as music fans um a big jazz fan we don't do a lot of records like this and so when we stumbled across these recordings is kind of a no-brainer so he sent you like a there was a, some stuff to choose from from this thing. Yeah, over, you know, part of that was a conversation um, between Bradford and Nick, uh, just meeting up in person. I, uh, you know, at first I was telling Nick about the music, and I sent him like that end credit song from Super Jail. <laughs> He's you know, like, what, "What the hell are you talking about?" I said, "Look, just go meet. Like, I know something good is going to happen if you guys yeah. go meet." And something did. You know, they went through a bunch of sessions, and he said got the perfect stuff for you to listen to but he had sent a, a few records back and forth you know there's kind of a greater conversation of fools so how are we going to make this a reality that's great i mean yep yeah. go ahead go ahead oh no i'm uh i was going to take our conversation in a slightly different direction if that's okay please sure. um yeah so listening to this i was like kind of having like an open dialogue about like you know where we can go with this um and i think that this uh record is positioned very interestingly for us because I think we're currently in the middle of an ambient music boom um, with the popularity of 24-hour channels like lo-fi hip-hop beats to study slash relax to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I kind of want to open that up. Why do you think these things are so popular right now? Why is ambient music having this kind of windfall? Hmm. It's an interesting question. Do you have an immediate answer? No. I mean, there is a... It's a tough one. We've put out, I think... It, and I don't know if I'd put this record in that category, but it's a conversation we have as a label all the time is, you know, we do put out some stuff that I think would fall within the ambient realm. And the music that seems very successful um, within the ambient world always has some sort of concept or story behind it um there is this other again marketable element to it that i that drives sales and interest and you see a lot of ambient music out there that's just that it's just tones in the background and people maybe push it off to the side and so but there's also i think a difference between balancing concept with what 
maybe comes across as overly pretentious. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I don't quite know where where to straddle that line just yet, but you you know sometimes a record will come out. I'll see it on Bandcamp or Pitchforks. Like how the hell did they? you know, get this placement. How do they do this? And then you see something else that, in my opinion, is just as good, and maybe the difference is uh, just conceptualizing it as a, a whole or as a project. It also um, has to do with, like, who's pushing it. Yeah, who's, definitely. Who's your A&R people? Yeah. Um, one thing that I thought of in particular with uh, ambient music and, and just kind of, like, post-rock or jazz, anything that's, that's more, like, background what you said headphone music um uh is i I think like it has to do a lot with where our generation is socially you know millennials were like a very overworked underpaid uh generation the gig economy is huge like we spend all of our off time hustling and to me it's like if you can just come home you can just put on music that just kind of overtakes you that you don't have to like actively listen to that kind of gets you into a space and relax like that is a huge plus. And I, I think like that's why we're seeing that, at least to me. What do you guys think of that? I think that's definitely a really good point. I think also like just as far as why, you know, it's so much more widespread now, it's probably just because of like, you know, there's such an oversaturation of of media and we're, we're everything's like so much more accessible now, right? Mm-hmm. And we're constantly um, we're constantly craving new music, more music, more music, more music. And so it, it leads everyone down this K hole on Spotify or YouTube or whatever. And so odds are that a good amount of people are just going to find all kinds of different things. Their, their playlists and recommendations are going to take them so many different places. So I don't know. I think with so much available to us, we become open to a lot more. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I was thinking about this when I was writing the piece for our uh, our Halloween episode, and I was listening back to, to Jess talking about what she was listening to. And she was like, yeah, I'm just listening to, like, Nintendo chiptune. And I'm just like, you would never be able to find that, right. like, 10, 15 years ago. Right. And now there are whole playlists that you can find just by typing in, like, oh, that was really cool. I like that Donkey Kong song. And then there's a whole rap rabbit hole for you mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's i think that's part of it too just go straight to the spotify chip zone playlist and yeah <laughs> there you go chip zone. <laughs> yeah Fresh we have finds chip zone <laughs> oh john we didn't mention this earlier but anytime you mention a song or an artist on this podcast it goes straight onto the accompanying playlist you can make our listeners listen to pretty much whatever you want oh so if i were to talk about like shaggy then <laughs> it's on the playlist yeah, it's on the playlist is there a particular song or I mean, maybe think of that. He just did that uh, collaboration with Sting. Didn't they like win a Grammy? <gasps> oh, really? Oh, God. I, oh yeah. It oh, was yeah. something that I saw a billboard for. I was like, what is going on? And, and then... now it's on the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, that came out and then they did like an NPR Tiny Desk concert. Yeah. Too, you know? Oh, my God. Terry uh, Gross really got at it with them. <laughs> Steve Shatakis was, you know. <laughs> Uh, don't have a joke there. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thought it would come it's to just me. his yeah. name. <laughs> <it would> <laughs> yeah. Wait, is it Steven Skeep or Steven Skeep? Do we know? I, I NPR own... heads. Oh, I'm unaware. Yeah. Somebody I'm sound sh- off in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show my ass right now and say that I only listen to Terry Gross. She's my only NPR personality who I follow digil- diligently. Oh, I mean, so, that's a, digitally that's and one. diligently. Yeah. Digitally diligently. <laughs> You're not a fan of Lakshmi saying. Uh, over my head now. <laughs> don't say it. Oh, I'm boy. Not <laughs> oh boy. Um, oh, yeah, but- I don't know. We'll, we'll, we're so, yeah, is that, I mean, do you think of like, 
I mean, it, it must be so weird to think about like these kinds of playlists when you're signing stuff. Like, is this going to fit into it's not ambient coffee jizz jams? Yeah. <laughs> is this going to fit into Bible study Sundays? Is this going to fit into Republic of Pi 2 p.m. to 5 p.m.? <laughs> yeah. Fun fact today, that was everything I listened to in the year 2006. <laughs> That's where I was earlier. I mean, the short answer is this record obviously fits into those. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear it anywhere. Um, but no, I mean, you know, the the whole point of running the labels to release music we like. And I think, you know, the conversations that we have with artists before we sign them mostly are about feeling them out as people. Do we get along? You know, if you start working on an album with somebody and you've signed paperwork and set in stone, uh, and you guys aren't getting along on a very basic level um, or don't have some of the same, I guess, just ideas as to what one another like or what your expectations are, then it's going to be a rocky five months or however long that cycle is, you know, to even just putting out the record, let alone then you have a relationship with that person afterwards. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's feeling them out and talking to them and Bradford and Nick and I all have a lot of music in common. Uh, Nick's met him in person. They really like each other. I've talked to him over the phone, big fans of him. So it's more so about, uh, just who they are and what their music's about maybe more than it is uh, you know can we land this on Fresh Finds the Cyclone right yeah, yeah. I imagine that's yeah not <laughs> not in the mind but you know yeah. it's it's the reality I guess of the world in a way to me that like some of those could probably fit in there if you had to pick some but I feel like this is if you're adventurous and you're wanting to venture if you just want to venture this is something for that. I, I think it's very good that we're able to uh, be more adventurous with what it is we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think this may be our most adventurous one to date. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I hope that you lovelies out there will too. You definitely will. Does he have any plans to come to the West Coast? Man, I hope so. You know, it, I think because so many of our artists are based uh, in New York, seldom do I get to host oh. any Young Bloods artists or have some right. shows. But every once in a while, uh, we do. And, you know, Bradford does travel with his music quite a bit. So it's, uh, it's very possible. Maybe you can speak to this a little bit. And this is kind of an aside, so I might have Drew take this out later. But can you tell me his affiliation with King Missile? I don't know much about his affiliation with King Missile. He also played the Blue Man Group, too, which yeah. I find equally impressive. But, you know, it, I, it could have just been the right scene, right time. Um, but I know he was involved in production, I think, uh, performance with some of those early records. Yeah, I just I remember when I was uh, doing all my research to have you on here and I looked into that. I'm like, wow, this guy is such an eclectic background. Like he's just into like these weird avant garde things. He just does whatever he wants. Yeah, it, it's cool too. I mean, part of I think the narrative for this record is just his ability to straddle both kind of the extreme avant-garde where he's creating his own instrument that seems to make every sound (laughs) to uh, being able to work on like cable TV shows. I mean, it's just, it's, you don't see that a lot of the times where somebody's able to be both mainstream and outside of that. 
um, so successfully. It's a dream career. It's a dream Honestly. Career. I mean, we got to get this guy, sorry, in Walt Disney Concert Hall. <laughs> was, uh, yeah, I mean, forget amazing. who's in there now. I mean, <laughs> who's playing that? Who's playing that, you know, that husk of a two, ch- <laughs> two cellos? <laughs> two cellos. <laughs> Rodrigo E. Gabriella. Come on. Let's get Bradford in there. Come on. Come on. Come on. If you want to see Bradford Reed playing the Walt Disney Concert Hall, uh, please write the hashtag uh, Bradford for Disney. <laughs> Tag us so that they know where it came from. All right. Let's make this happen. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan that's going to be on you. You run the Twitter now. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we're coming up to the end of our discussion here, but we can still have a little bit of fun before we go. It's time for our favorite game, Hashtag Mood. Hashtag Mood is a game we like to play at the end of every podcast where we have a bunch of pre-written moods that we've stuffed into the head of the beautiful, lovely, (laughs) if grossly disfigured Mrs. Potts, who you see before you. (laughs) Head body. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a Picasso rendering of Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) Edward Munch. And, uh, oh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> love it. So each one of us reaches in there, grabs one mood, and has to come up with a Spotify playlist of four songs to accompany said mood. Without further ado, who wants to do the honors and get in there? Ryan, you want to okay. yeah. show our guest how it's done? Yes, absolutely. Please. Okay, so got a good one. <laughs> Um, it is Saturday morning, and you're watching Marley and me again. But this time, Marley doesn't die at the end. To your surprise and relief, you immediately start telling all your friends and family. They don't believe you. <laughs> um, it's like the Berenstain universe. The, the, Be- the Berenstain universe? Yeah. The Berenstain the, Bears? The Bears? Yeah, have you not heard about this conspiracy theory? They Tell think me. that... So, like, we two parallel universes crossed because, like, people remember Berenstain being spelled E-I, mm-hmm. but it never was. It was always A-I, Berenstain, instead of Berenstain. And so people are like... Well, the universe must have collided with another one. This is a whole Reddit. Yikes. It's like, it's like the thing with like um, Kazam, and some people think it was Shaquille O'Neal, and some people think it was... Um, yeah, some people think it was... Uh, uh, Sinbad. Sinbad. It's definitely Shaquille a, O'Neal. They think Sinbad was in a movie called Shazam. Yeah. Yes. That doesn't exist. Between Shazam, the Baron Stain Bears, uh, <laughs> what, in Chemtrails, I'm on board for all three. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's dive in. So... Um, it sounds like in this scenario, um, I've watched this many times. I'm used to uh, being upset at the ending, but this time it's a happy ending. I'm going to go with the classic 70s uh, hit from the band Lobo, You, Me, and a Dog Named Boo. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing blank stares. Do you know it? John knows it. <laughs> it's a great one for traveling with the dog and a significant other. So it's a good, happy one. So now after I've gotten on the phone, I think it's going to be, it's, it's clear that um, things are not going well for me um, and that, you know, I'm being ga- uh, gaslit a bit. So I'm going to play, uh, I think the next song is going to be Strange Things by Randy Newman from the Toy Story soundtrack. <laughs> uh, strange things are happening to me. Oh my. Um, because I don't know how else you account for it. That's pretty perfect. So then I'm going to go into the cramps with the track's beautiful gardens. Oh my, oh me, what has come over me? And uh, <laughs> it's about psychedelics, but it seems to also be about being overtaken by psychedelics in any sort of force. And in this scenario, something's going on. 
We just don't know yet. <laughs> this is getting dark. I'm no. going to move inwards, though, and I'm going to go with Spoon uh, TV set because I'm just going to go back to the tube, and I'm going to keep going back in it because it's the only people who believe me. It's the only thing that makes sense, and uh, they don't talk back in the TV. So <laughs> that's the end of this. Good kind of mood. That's <laughs> like an absent father's response about like why he's not spending time with his kids. The TV doesn't talk back. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it, folks. Uh, <laughs> mood one. Mood one. <laughs> Should we go in a circle as John next? Yeah, John, I, I can take do it. it away. Man, that was so good, and I feel like my selections nah. are so surface level oh, and please. so <laughs> antithetical to nah. all the music I support. Um, so this mood, and it's a big mood. Hashtag big mood. <laughs> send it to the socials. Uh, <laughs> Somebody send it. <laughs> so your significant other just dumped you. Obviously, the only logistical solution is to have an epic night on the town that you can upload to your Insta story. How else is everyone going to know that you're fine? In quotes. <laughs> Which makes me think, I'm not doing okay. Um, so naturally, I think to kick things off, and oddly enough, this song was in my head this morning. Uh, we're going strong with the Mighty Mighty Boston's impression that I get. Oh. <laughs> with those triumphant horns. And uh, I feel like, you know, what, it's 9 p.m., 10 p.m., you're about to hit the town. That's what you want to hear before you're going to go get it. That's some fanfare. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go get it. <laughs> um, next one, obvious, Smash Mouth All-Star. Yeah. Yep. Um, you're watching Shrek before you go out, and you're feeling good. Uh, and then, well, you know, maybe it's 1 a.m., uh, things aren't going so hot. It's not what you thought when you were listening to the Mighty Mighty Boston <laughs> and Smash Mouth, and it's only a song that a horribly blackout person could enjoy. Uh, Crazy Town Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> the era that all of these are coming from is such a mood in itself. Well, let me take us from that big mood and get to the biggest mood of all. <laughs> the mood setter himself. We're going to end the night alone in your bedroom with some uneaten microwave food. Bernard Herman, the theme for Taxi Driver. <laughs> Uh, only Bernard Herman can oh, truly capture the deep sadness, but also the sense of romance. Uh, <laughs> the sense of romance. That lies deep within you when you've been broken up with and have nothing to live for. Uh, so those are my choices. Does he know? Oh my God. Do you wow. know how Taxi Driver ends? Oh yeah. Not well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It ends, quote, fine. Wow. It ends fine. What a transition from Butterfly Day. Uh, <laughs> wow. Where else are you going to go from there? Oh, well man. Well done. Bravo. Thank you. You really short-sold yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you had nothing to worry about. <laughs> I'll go. I don't want to, but I'll go. <laughs> so I got this mood. Go ahead and relax. It's going to be a while. <laughs> oh, wow. This is a tome. The mood is... You're sitting at your office desk. It's 3.30 p.m. And your workday ends at 6 p.m., but you've checked out and slouched into an unfocused state long ago. A car alarm sounds in the distance. Is it yours? Maybe. 
<laughs> but you're too lazy to get up and see for yourself. <laughs> as soon as the alarm stops, your attention moves back to, to staring blankly at your computer screen, only to be ripped away by the oncoming sensory overload of a tremendous sneeze. <laughs> You try, <laughs> you try and hold it in, but your sneeze is too powerful. So powerful that you fart loudly in front of your office mate. She takes off her headphones and said, what did you say? Oh my God. You definitively, almost defensively reply, oh I didn't say anything, Stephanie. In synchronized fashion, you both put your headphones back on and continue to sit alone together in silence. Oh I don't even want... Signed, D.L. Hughley. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I don't even want to hear the mood. We... I just want to read more of this book. Oh, my God. All right, so... Lots to work with here. Um, a song that I think uh, would go with this obvious malaise that this person is feeling at their desk. Um, it's just uh, it's it lasts right in by Green Day. I just feel like it's got that like that like slow dragging like dun 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 dun. I think it works pretty well. And then. The alarm goes off, and nobody cares by superorganism. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> nobody gives a shit. And then you're about to sneeze, and out of your ass comes this gust of wind by Pharrell. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? When does that come out? Yeah, is that yeah, an older? Deep cut. That's a deep cut. Really? Yeah, I think so. It? Yeah, him, a... and, him and uh, he had his, so, it's like his last solo album that he did, and like him and uh, Daft Punk collaborated girl? on it. Damn. Oh, yeah, girl. It's a B-side track um, for me. I really like that song, <laughs> but I feel like it, it works. Um, and then Stephanie's trying to fucking blow up your spot. <laughs> Try to tell everybody did that you, you say something? I said it wasn't me by Shaggy. <laughs> Shaggy makes his second appearance on the playlist tonight. I felt it was. I felt it was circle. fitting. Yeah, I felt it was fitting. So there's there's the mood. Oh, this man. mood needs to be framed. <laughs> it's like it was torn out of a page, like a page of a book. Yeah. Let us know when you finish the novel, please. Yeah, I found it in an ark somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, oh. I think, uh, yeah, you're lining up man. the rear. Up. All right, here we go. You're running for Palmdale District Attorney. God damn it, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> An obvious Ryan mood to begin with. <laughs> no one's tougher than you, but your voting base doesn't know that. <laughs> Convince them with a playlist. All right. <laughs> So I all like the, the challenge at the end of that one, it's yeah. not like it doesn't leave it open. It's like, this is your moment. <laughs> so we're just going to give you excerpts from my campaign speech right now. <clears throat> First off, I'm yours, Jason Mraz. <laughs> Offer myself up to the, the voting public. <laughs> In all of their MAGA hats. <laughs> I'm your DA. <laughs> they have all of their speedboats parked at the <laughs> Palmdale Reservoir. <laughs> the Palmdale Reservoir. Are you standing on like a floating <laughs> fucking yeah. pallet in the fucking in the desert? Middle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've only been I've only driven through Palmdale. You can't make me do more than that. <laughs> um, up next is I like America and America likes me by the 1975. Very good. <laughs> Who are you trying to convince there, Maddie? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, next, I've got to distance myself from those heathens, so I'm going to hop into I am not a whore by LMFAO. <laughs> 
but uh, you like to do it. I'm, I'm getting a lot of blank stares, though, so I'm going to put my put my hand over the microphone and turn to my campaign manager and go, am I doing it right? By Alex Leahy. Oh. <laughs> wow. So relatable. <laughs> As I voted. It started so strong and then just downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, Palmdale is a key, key county. <laughs> you cannot make me live in Palmdale. I'm going to call into all of my cabinet meetings. <laughs> he actually has a place in Burbank. I love the idea of a politician walking out to I'm yours. <laughs> like, for a rally. Like, I feel like Hillary. At, at Edwards Air Force Base. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised Pete Buttigieg oh, that, hasn't done that. She Probably. <laughs> <laughs> she would have learned how to play it and see <laughs> Just chilling at Edwards Air Force Base. What was the name of the? What did she um, walk out to? The Grand, the, the Rachel Platten, or what was? That oh, song? I don't remember the, that. The oh, fight song. Fight song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't get less offensive than uh, no than yeah. fight song. It's very me. It's means tested. It's focus group to death. Yeah, just <laughs> works. love it. Yeah, it, yeah, it just works. <laughs> Still waiting on uh, fight song too, Rachel. It's your move. <laughs> All right, well, that sound that only we can hear means that it's last call, and there's Jared's beautiful... Jared? Gerald's beautiful mug. That's why he doesn't like us, Anthony. <laughs> have I been calling him the wrong name this whole time? I don't know, but he definitely acts like you have. <laughs> he also lost a finger in a fly fishing accident. So. Trying to save his sister. <laughs> I, You know, we oh, really God. do... <laughs> Trying. If one of our fans, <laughs> it didn't end well. <laughs> if one of our day ones who's listened to every episode can compile just a list of all the Gerald Highwater facts and email it to us, we would be forever grateful. We literally just killed off Geraldine Highwater. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And I think a fun way that we could close off our session tonight is. Uh, we're all record collectors here. Let's go around the circle and just say like the name of a of a fun obscure record that we have in our collection. So, John, why don't you take us away with that? Oh, this is so. This is a pair of records, I guess. Uh, it's by Joseph Bird, who in the fifties and sixties he was really instrumental in crafting electronic music, and I think he was associated with maybe some schools in the New York area. So perhaps he taught. Uh, the craft of uh, orchestrating electronic music, but he has one record uh, called Transcendental Dandy, uh, which is patriotic songs all translated to the synthesizer. Um, and then he has another record uh, under the name Joseph Bird and the Field Hippies. That's more psychedelic rock, but it's quite good. And there's uh, a lot of strange skits thrown about and in that record in particular. I don't know if it's necessarily hard to find, um, but it's not one I guess I've heard about a lot. Um, and it's one I always go back to. Wow. Very cool. And now you can listen fantastic. to it yourself. Wow. <laughs> what about you, Pedro? So this is... This is weird. Um, do you guys ever remember a time, maybe back you were in like junior high? Um, sure. They had, they would give out these, they were like, the, the discs were the size of like GameCube games and they would put them in the lids of like fountain drinks and you could collect them. They no. were like lid tracks something it was crazy wow. I, think I, I, I think i got it from like a sabaros or something at a mall <laughs> the only thing that the only good thing that ever came out of sparrow it was a trip it, it was it was similar to like you know those little like chip tracks you could put into like a tiny little I okay remember those. it was something like that but they were these tiny little discs and they had like four songs on them by these artists that i'm pretty sure you know they were trying to come up and so there was one track on it 
that like stuck with me forever. It's called uh, What You Do to Me by a band called Boomcat. And it's this brother-sister duo. They're Kellen and Taryn Manning. And Taryn Manning is actually um, from Orange is the New Black. She's the actress who plays, uh, I, think, oh. I think she's called Pensatucky. She's the crazy one who like yeah. tries to kill her in season one. Um, I, anyway. have, I have a Boomcat song. It's called Reckoning. Okay. So they're like this electronic pop duo. It's the most bizarre fucking thing, but it's a good pop song. And so that's like one of the most obscure things I've got. I didn't know that Pensatucky was in Boomcat. That is amazing. So it's it's a track called What You Do To Me. Sorry, do you guys have picks that are more obscure than that? You got that at a Sabaro. (laughs) (laughs) We're just as obscure as I get. We're going to just end it now. No, Ryan. (laughs) Oh, we're going to me? Yeah, we're going to go to you. Okay. Um, I, I, I pride myself in collecting the strangest things I can find. I love instructional records. I love um, uh, functional records that really aren't meant to listen to while you're there, you know, necessarily. <laughs> so I, I have one. I have one called um, "How to Teach Your Bird English," and uh, it's. Uh, I think it's called. I think that's just what it's called, <laughs> "Teach Your Bird English." And the first side is just this like this person explaining. Um, you know, I'm going to say a few phrases and you play this record and play it for your bird. You don't even have to be there. There you go. And it's just, then it's the bird saying everything. So you can hear what the results are going to be. And it sounds terrifying because the bird sounds like this and it's talking like that. Come on. And it gave it the creepiest phrases. So, uh, it is so yeah, fucking yeah, scary. Heard, yeah. Tell me a bird story. Uh, so it's, uh, there's a lot of weird stuff. The best kind but, of story. <laughs> yeah. There was one night where we just sat here and listened to it. it was How high were you? Not at all. Not at all. Not oh at all. I don't allow weed into this apartment. Turn the lights off. Throw uh, the record player on. We're straight edge. Some bird stories. <laughs> we find the straight it's headphone, edge. It's headphone music. <laughs> is what it is. Uh, but yeah, they. Um, but I love stuff. I have another one. Sebastian speaks. It's just a, a record of a German shepherd barking for two sides, <laughs> and you put it on when you go out to the cinema or the discotheque. <laughs> Dope shit. <laughs> you got Drew. You got Drew with that one. Okay. <laughs> so that's I'm, that's I'm, what I got for you. I'm sitting next to Ryan's record collection, and right at the top is uh, Sesame Street Disco. If that gives you any sort of indication of the kind of place that we're in right now, yeah. king shit. <laughs> and and my pick is honestly like less cool than anything they're going to talk about. But I was gifted this um, a, a year ago by um, my my friend who used to play in jazz fusion bands in the 90s and so he loves jazz guitarists and he loves Bill Frizzle and he gave me Good Dog Happy Man which is a four side um, acoustic guitar jazz album and it hits hard like you just throw that on and you go bake yourself a meatloaf and (laughs) bake yourself a meatloaf (laughs) it hits so fucking hard (laughs) you haven't had my meatloaf Pedro (laughs) that's a fair point that is a fair point but anyway Kurt if you're listening like thank you so much for that record it's amazing and I listen to it whenever like I have to prepare for a dinner party nice Mm -hmm. amazing all right and that's about all the time we have today. But before we sign off, John, is there anything that you'd like to plug today? Yeah, you can catch me um, at late nights on KCRW. My schedule's variable, but if you're up between the hours of midnight and 6 a.m., it's very likely you'll hear me uh, playing some strange music at the witching hours. Uh, you can check out our whole catalog 
for young bloods we are youngbloods.com um we released a lot of great music this year this may be one of my favorite years we've done um as far as releases go and you can follow me on social media um you won't be able to see what i look like i don't post my face very often but um if you're curious of my whereabouts it's at john on the air j-o-h-n no trick spelling He's the drill of the music industry. I'm the drill. <laughs> John the drill. John the drill. <laughs> We're coining that now. I hope you like your new nickname. That's fine. <laughs> There's your new Instagram handle. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials. That's at Atwood Magazine on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and also Tunes and Tumblers. And if you've got anything that you want to tell us specifically, hit us up on tunesandtumblerspod at gmail.com. We love getting emails from y'all and responding to them. And until next time, cheers. 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 It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.